This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vouchers, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. Today is a very special episode because we are crossover. We are having a crossover episode with another ST podcast, Green Pals. And we have the host of Green Pals, Audrey, with us here. Hi, Audrey. Hi, Jen. Nice to be here. Yes. Okay. So, Audrey, can you tell us a little bit more about what Green Pals is? Okay, sure. So, Green Pals is a podcast series that we started in late 2018, focusing on environmental environmental issues in Singapore uh, and the region. So we aim to, you know, break down a lot of environmental or technical jargon that you might hear, the IPCC reports uh, and what it could all mean for you and me. Yeah, so this is uh, a bi-monthly episode that I co-host with David Fogarty, our climate change editor at The Straits Times. Yes, so why are we collaborating on this episode today? Because sometimes celebrities and climate change cross, right? <laughs> I mean like, you know, in general, people and climate change are like not separable. So there's a big story a while ago. Um, you know, I got this idea from a listener of the podcast who actually wrote into to my DMs. And I was like, this is very interesting. And I finally got, and Audrey is very busy, always flying off, like doing things in Cambodia and Vietnam, <laughs> hunting down the wildlife trade. So I managed to catch her finally uh, this month um, to talk about this issue. And it all started, I think, I mean, all along there's always been some you know controversy over celebrities and whether they are environmentally conscious. But I think it really blew up because when um, Kylie Jenner, uh, she sparked very intense criticism in July when she posted a picture of herself with her partner, rapper Travis Scott, on the runway of an airport between two private jets. And then the caption was like, you want to take mine or yours? <laughs> Which, okay, very very Kardashian-Jenner family vibes. And then apparently it was later discovered. So I don't know how they do this, but I think there's a site that like keeps track of like celebrity private jet usage. And they discovered that that day Jenner's plane flew just 17 minutes from like some place in Los Angeles to another very nearby town. La. And of course, the public was very angered, right? On Twitter, you know, on Instagram, a lot of people were very angry. And uh, they termed her a climate criminal, la, you know, by using something so env- harmful for the environment for such a short time, for something so trivial, right? Like traveling such a short distance. But this is not an issue solely about Kylie Jenner. A lot of celebrities use private jets. So I think in the aftermath of that, there was a expose of sorts or like a report on all the celebrities who use them, their private jets the most. So number one was actually Taylor Swift. Um, but Taylor Swift later clarified that she loans her private jet out for other people to use. So it's not all her, like not all the miles, mileage travel, right, belongs to her. Lah. And celebrities also very came in very high on the list of private jet usage includes, you know, uh, boxer Floyd Mayweather, rapper Jay-Z, uh, former baseball player, and we've talked about him before because he is former Mr. J-Lo, dumped Mr. J-Lo, Alex Rodriguez, uh, Blake Shelton, Steven Spielberg, Kim Kardashian, of course, Mark Warble, um, Oprah Winfrey. So they all use private jets a lot. Um, so I wanted to invite Audrey here today to tell us a little bit more about why it's so harmful uh, in terms of like, you know, how harmful exactly are private jets in terms of carbon emissions? And is it fair to target celebrities as climate criminals? So thoughts, Audrey? Okay, so maybe if I could just start with giving an overview of the aviation sector and its contribution to climate change. Um, Flights produce a lot of greenhouse gases. Uh, When they burn fuel, they release a lot of planet warming gases, mainly carbon dioxide, which is the main driver of climate change today. 
And there are estimates that show that um, aviation emissions, these CO2 emissions from airplanes, contribute about 2.1% of global emissions. So that is the context. And plane rides are really considered more harmful than other modes of transport because um, the emissions per kilometre travelled is significantly longer and worse than any other modes of transport. So even before this whole Kardashian thing blew up, uh, there has been a lot of debate or talk in the climate sectors asking people to go no-fly, to opt for other modes of transport, which I must say is not really feasible for everyone. So for instance, if you are in the US and you live on the West Coast, you need to attend a conference on the East Coast, they said that, oh, you know, you shouldn't fly. You should you can take the Amtrak instead. You can take the train. That's fine. But what, for, what about us in Southeast Asia? I mean, if we have to attend conference uh, elsewhere, like, I mean, next month, there's going to be a huge climate change conference in Egypt. And it's important for developing countries to be at these events. So planes are bad for the environment, but we should look at things in context. And then when you talk about private jets, this is considerably worse than other forms of jets because it depends on the size, how many people are on the plane and how efficient your planes are. Mm. And private jets, because like you only carry a handful of people, you produce significantly more emissions per passenger than commercial flights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for ce- celebrities and 17-minute flights, like you know what you were just talking about, I think the issue is multifaceted. I mean, of course, you have the flights itself, which produces a lot of emissions. I think the report that you cited, it was by a sustainability, sustainability marketing firm. They said that, on average, the planes from celebrities emit about 480 times more than an average person's mm. annual emission. So that's mm. quite significant. Mm. Yeah, but it's also symbolic, right? Like, I mean, other than emissions from the flight itself, if I mean, everywhere else people are hearing that we are in a climate crisis, we are seeing the impacts now, what's happening in the US with Hurricane Ian. Um, in Philippines, it's o- mm. always getting hit by tropical yeah. storms and typhoons. The rains yeah. in Thailand recently. Yes, correct. I mean, these are really people's lives at stake. Climate change is not a term that we are just bending about for fun. It, I mean, you can actually see the impacts manifesting on communities. And of course, it's the poorest people who are suffering from it. So when you see celebrities taking short flights in the name of convenience and flaunting it in the in the midst of a climate crisis like which plane should we take today it's like watering a golf course when there's drought or you know throwing away food when there's a famine mm. yeah it's i think i think the reason why people are calling them climate criminals is like look at all these things happening around the world but yet um we know this is bad mm. and yet we're still doing it when there are there are alternatives that could you know significantly reduce mm. the amount of emissions yeah I mean I agree with all of that and far be it for me to defend celebrities <laughs> but I do see like where some of it is coming from because there is like security risk for certain people like Taylor Swift would find it very hard to travel through an airport without being like mobbed or without like you know having a lot of people come up to her people like say Prince Harry and Meghan Markle those are like technically foreign I mean like yeah they technically don't work for the royal family anymore and you know people from the royal family itself they are sort of like diplomats almost they are like of a different they they need a certain level of security and that's why maybe they take private jets but it is true that a lot of rich people sort of take private jets out of convenience like I think at one point Drake tried to argue that his private jet was just flying 13 minutes from one place into storage for another place and then a, a person commented like that's like really bad like that's worse the plane is carrying nothing and then like it's just flying for 13 minutes yeah but I mean I guess what I want to discuss also is whether it's 
um, you know, as you mentioned, climate change is such a big issue and it's such a far-reaching issue. And a lot of times we have heard that it is a very systemic issue. It is something that requires governments, requires big corporations to all come together to solve. So is it, do you think it's fair to say, like, to sort of single out celebrities when they are a lot worse um, polluters in terms of, say, like, maybe the militaries of different countries, maybe... Um, big, big, big corporations that make, you know, daily goods or make electronics or, um, you know, yeah, like big, big countries like polluting in general, refusing to cut down on carbon emissions or like oil, oil and gas use. Mm, no, I don't, I don't think it's unfair to hold celebrities to a higher standard simply because they have huge outreach, right? Mm. I mean, um, earlier I mentioned other than the pollutive act itself whether it be taking planes or you know wearing leather or fur Mm. it's also about symbolisms and when a celebrity is seen who has such okay a celebrity has such great influence right I mean there's a reason why brands and firms go to them and pay them Mm -hmm. a lot of money to advertise their products Um, because they sell right their lifestyle sells and if they go around taking private jets I mean it makes people want to aspire to be like them Mm. or to aspire for that kind of lifestyle which is not good for the planet I think the reason why people hold celebrities to higher standards is because I mean sorry to use this cliche but there's there's I mean, with great power comes with great responsibility, right? And you have great influential, influencing powers uh, as a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And you should use it in a way that is beneficial. Wisely, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, of course, yes, there's there's a huge other problem, systemic problem. I mean, the, the main fo- cause of climate change today is burning fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah, jet fuel is a fossil fuel. But on top of that, it's burning fuels for energy, um for like burning coal, gas and oil. I think that that are major contributors to the climate crisis that we see today. Cutting Mm. down forests for agriculture. I mean, these are all big problem issues that no one person can solve alone. Mm. But then I think that's where celebrities and symbolism matters because it can help nudge people. Every individual has its own, has their own sphere of influence, right? And if everyone can make greener choices, I think that would make the transition easier. Mm-hmm. Um, after all, governments and corporates, they, they are in power, but they do cater to their electorate and to customers and all of them are part, I mean, every individual is part of this larger collective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have to say that in terms of the whole Kylie Jenner thing, it is like Kylie Jenner flaunted the whole taking a private jet thing. You don't see Taylor flaunting it, like flaunting it, or you don't really see Oprah Winfrey flaunting it either. But I think that's in part because Kylie Jenner's entire image is I'm a rich girl. Um, this person that you can aspire to. The entire Kardashian-Jenner family lives, thrives on this, like, we are a family that you should, we have this aspirational lifestyle, you know, we wear expensive clothes, we carry expensive bags, and we have this glamorous lifestyle. So that's in part why she's, I think, flaunting it. And it's like, it, like that's where their income comes from. Like whether the even when the response is bad, right? Like they get slammed, but that level of attention is what sustains them. So even when they know, sometimes in my heart, right, I think that maybe they know that this is a controversial thing to post, and they don't care because that controversy 
fuels them to become even more famous. That at least like certain certain uh, no press is bad press. Yeah, for certain type of families like like the Kardashian Jenners, that's really like yeah, there's no press that is bad for them. Like because it keeps them in the news and that's what they do, right? Like they need to be in the news for continued income. La. So yeah, that's partially why I think there was that flaunting la, and that's why she was singled out. But actually a lot of celebrities do do this. Like even celebrities who say that they really, really care for the environment do it as mm. well. Because like private jets are just such a inherent part of their travel and lifestyle. So in that same Kardashian Jenner van vein, I wanted to also talk to you a bit about greenwashing. Because it's a term that you hear a lot, banded about a lot last. So Courtney Kardashian, I think she just launched a 45 piece collection with a fast fashion brand Boohoo, which I don't think is a big brand in Singapore, but um it is apparently quite a big fast fashion brand uh, in the US. And this is what she has been appointed as. She has been appointed as the brand's sustainability ambassador. <laughs> so obviously people are like, yeah, there's no way you can be a sustainability ambassador for a, for a fast fashion company. And people are slamming her and the company for engaging in greenwashing. La. And I mean, aside from Courtney, I think Khloe Kardashian, uh, why is all Kardashians today? Khloe <laughs> Kardashian was also slammed for working with notorious fast fashion retailer Shein. Like, Everybody knows Shein, right? Shein is also very big in Singapore. And Shein has worked with a lot of celebrities. I think, like, they had this charity concert thing, and there was, like, Katy Perry and Lil Nas X and Hailey Bieber. And this, um, this just in, I think a new investigation by UK broadcaster Channel 4 has revealed that workers for Shein are churning out clothing at just four cents USD per item. And they work 18-hour days, and they wash their hair during lunch hours because they have no time to wash their hair. And... Apparently, Shein adds like thousands of styles to his site every single day. So that level of like production and con- consumerism is very harmful. Uh. So I mean, okay, firstly, let's start with start with different parts. Like, okay, so Audrey, can you tell us a bit more about what is greenwashing and why it's so hard to like sort of detect when something is greenwashing? Yeah, so in a nutshell, greenwashing is basically when a company, a government or any entity tries to make people think their product or services are more environmentally friendly than they say they are. I mean, something closer to home was, I think, a while back, there was a Korean cosmetic brand that advertised a kind of serum that says, oh, I'm in a paper packaging or something. Mm-hmm. And then when someone cut it open, they realised that actually it was just like a cardboard paper around a plastic bottle. So okay. I think greenwashing, it's basically you are overrepresenting your product as being more green than it is mm-hmm. um, or you're, you are overselling your company as being more green than it is. Um, other, I'm not familiar with that, that fashion line that you mentioned, but even in Singapore, you can see so many fast fashion brands now having sustainable lines, green lines. H&M um, Conscious <laughs> Collective. Yeah. There's so many, right? Everywhere you go, you can you will find something in a store that has like a green tag on it. So does that mean that H&M is green or H&M is sustainable? I mean, I think one big problem with consumers and, you know, being difficult to cut through greenwash is simply because we don't have all the information that we, that, that we have. And... Not to mention that also a lot of how green a product is really depends on your context. So I'll give you an example, right? So in Singapore, you know you know there was this whole craze after the image of a turtle with a straw in its nose went viral. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, you know, we shouldn't use plastic straws, we shouldn't use plastic bags because the marine life are eating all of it. 
Uh, and then everyone started, there are many retailers, instead of not giving out bags or making you pay for a bag, they switched to paper bags instead. But actually, there was a study done by uh, NTU researchers, Nanyang Technological University, that showed that in Singapore, the most environmentally friendly option is, of course, your reusable bags. You know, those plastic ones you can buy from $1 at the checkout counters. If you use it at like 100 times or something, or if you use it at least 50 times. The second most environmentally friendly option is actually a single-use plastic bag. Okay. And a single-use plastic bag is considered more environmentally friendly than a single-use paper bag. Mm. And why is that, right? I mean, Singapore, I mean, and, it's all, and a single-use plastic bag is also more environmentally friendly than a biodegradable bag. You know, you've oh, seen those kind are? of things. Yeah, so it's really interesting because in Singapore, we incinerate all our rubbish. Okay. Right? So having a biodegradable bag, it might be used, It might be more useful and environmentally friendly in a situation where people bury their waste or oh. where you have a situation where you have a waste system in which your bags leak out into the environment and contaminate your rubbish. Okay. But Singapore, we are so clean. Or rather, we are a clean country. We have an army of cleaners nationwide to pick up after us. So the chances of our plastic bags leaking into marine ecosystems and destroying wildlife habitats low. is lower, right? Okay. And also because we don't... We don't we incinerate everything. We don't landfill things directly. So mm. a biodegradable bag doesn't really matter. And because it will be burnt anyway. Correct. Okay. And the resources to, taken to make that biodegradable bag is actually um, it's more intensive mm. than a single-use plastic bag. Yeah, I have heard that paper is actually very wasteful to make. Yeah, and even cotton bags, you know, your reusable mm. cotton bags. Tote that bags, was right? Uh, yeah, right. As media, everywhere we go, people are giving us tote cotton bags. bags, bags. Like, Please, like, the stop it. Tote bags is insane. <laughs> yeah, like. and why would I want to carry a tote bag with your company name like every single on company, <laughs> every single event, every concert, celebrity, every everywhere. Yes. It's tote bags, tote bags, tote bags. And it's actually the most environmentally harmful in Singapore because mm-hmm. the amount of resources taken uh, taken to make a cotton bag is very intensive. I mean, mm. to grow cotton is a very water-intensive activity and then you have to import the bags and I mean, the whole process of making your cotton tote bag is actually very damaging unless you can be sure that you are using this cotton bag over a hundred 100 times. Mm. So considering that even as media, we are collecting so many of these bags, collecting dust somewhere, it's actually really very environmentally bags. unfriendly. Mm. So, I mean, this is what I mean by context is important and... Uh, sometimes consumers, we don't have all this information. Not even as consumers, as a company, if I want to go green, I might simply just want to hop on the international bandwagon and do what everyone else is doing, right? Mm. But it's not. So I think that's one big problem with cutting through greenwashing. Mm. Yeah. And sometimes maybe it's simply just easier for people to do it. Like, I want to put my money where my mouth is, but I'm too lazy to do the research or I'm too busy yeah, with work. it's very hard, you know. Yeah. Sometimes, like, you want to be green, but you have no idea which brands are green. Yeah. So you just sort of buy the green tag. And then yeah. actually, like, turns out the green tag is not that green. Yeah, yeah. so... The, I mean, the way around it is that there are a number of established eco-labels. Yeah, eco-labels is another issue. I mean, everywhere you turn, there might be like some kind of claim on it. But if you look at things that are more reliable, like for paper products, as the Forest Stewardship Council, mm. they will have an eco-label that will help us make the right choices. For local produce, now Singapore has a SG red color logo on your like packs of mm. veggies that will help you uh, decide on buying food that is grown locally. I mean, there are options, but it's really difficult. It's not easy. It's very limited. La. Yeah. Mm. I mean, cutting through the greenwashing, it is really not easy. Mm. Yeah. And it's getting worse because now sustainability is such a buzzword. So everyone wants to hop on it. Yeah. yeah that's why there was that whole, she's been 
you know, she's been appointed as a sustainability ambassador. And I don't want to like prescribe, I immediately ascribe like the worst intentions to Kourtney Kardashian. But I did read like the Instagram post that she made about her collection of Boohoo. And then she wrote, um, and I, it's so like light on content on how it's actually going to be sustainable because she just goes like, oh, you know, Boohoo approached me to be a sustainability ambassador and though I knew it would get backlash because the two just don't go hand in hand, I thought about the fact that fast fashion or the fashion industry in general isn't going anywhere. I thought about the attention this collaboration would bring to people who may otherwise have no idea about the impacts of fast fashion on our planet. I thought, thought about how pushing Boohoo to make some initial changes and then holding them accountable to larger change would be impactful. It's definitely making some noise, which is exactly what I was hoping for. I certainly don't have all the answers, but for someone who has done a fast fashion line collaboration in the past, which didn't get backlash because I was not calling attention to trying to make better changes, I feel proud about doing it with intention and purpose. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. You know? It's kind of like all the net zero targets that people are setting left, right, center, right? Yeah. Um, it's just... What does it even mean? Mm. Like, she just says, I want to hold them accountable. For what? Like, what exactly are you talking about? And it's, like you said, right? Like, um, I think, like, as a person who actually enjoys, like, buying clothes, and I feel a lot of, like, guilt sometimes because, like, you know that mm. there is no way buying clothes is sustainable for the environment even if like you are one person and you buy like two pieces from Love Bonito it's probably not going to have like a major effect but like as a whole this culture of consuming things and buying things is mm. not like helpful uh, for the planet yeah. Yeah. so yeah okay so I, I'm with you totally I always feel very conflicted with my <laughs> desires for new clothes or mm. new bags or like I mean it, it's it's an issue that I grapple with a lot, um, like eating meat and all that. But I guess the fact... Okay, so first step, I think it's being aware. Like you said that you are aware of the environmental impact. And the fact is, even though we like to buy, we like to go shopping, the the gratification is usually at the point of purchase, Yeah. right? How much value does that continue adding for you mm. um, after you get that item especially for fast fashion clothing I mean let's face it right I'm already in my 30s I cannot wear well cheap made. clothes I cannot well wear made. cheap clothes because yeah. it just looks very bad like when you go out for an assignment and, and, like, and you well have things made. that are freeing yeah and yeah. It, it doesn't fit well and mm. I mean the quality and all that and Shein is known for being very yeah. low quality, but people buy it in halls. They call it Shein halls. I know, I've seen those. Yeah, they spend yeah. $500, and the whole point is to not repeat an outfit. So sometimes when I see a celebrity fronting a brand like Shein or fronting a fast fashion brand, I feel very like, you're really, you're making it worse. Like yeah. You're making it worse. You're making it even more aspirational than it has to be. Because the people who are spending $500 on Shein halls, they have money to buy better clothes. Right? If you spend $500 on 10 dresses, then you can spend $500 on one dress and it will be a better made dress or at least like two or three dresses, right? But if you spend like $500, and the whole point is that you never repeat an outfit ever. Yeah. It's just like... I mean, okay, I think there are multiple aspects to this. Well... Like you said, right, for the Kardashians, this is their lifestyle. I mean, they're not going to become eco-warriors eco in a day. And mm. they are, I mean, they are probably selling their lifestyle as these rich kids who can afford to go on like 17-minute jet rides instead of two-hour drives, for instance. But, I mean, they are, I mean, they are, they have a huge influencing power. But then again, there are also celebrities out there who are using their influence for good. Um Yao Ming, the basketballer, I think he stopped eating shark fin and he made oh, it, yeah. he made quite a public stand about it. And in 
and like you know in a culture which had valued like the consumption of wildlife yeah. that I think could make a significant impact mm. so while there are celebrities who are promoting uh, things that are really quite destructive for the planet they are other environmentally environmentally minded celebrities out there. I think Leonardo DiCaprio is another one. He has actually used all his money for good, right? He has set up a foundation that's funding mm. conservation projects, uh, and lending his star power to to environmental benefits. Yeah, and also while Shein and all that might continue to proliferate, we are also seeing new business models coming out that you know, can help you satisfy your demand for these things in a less harmful way. So for myself, like, I, I'm a very vain person, right? Like, I like to wear new clothes and all that. So, but I realised that the, my gratification is at a point of purchase or when I'm trying. So I, I subscribe instead to like a, a, a box which, you know, sends me three pieces of new cloth- clothing every month. Theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at least I still get the gratification of, you know, opening a box and having new clothes to wear. Actually, the skirt I'm wearing now is okay, it was a rented send one. send it back. La. Yeah, and I send it it's back. It's a rented in. thing. Or sometimes people do clothes swapping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. fashion swaps. Uh, people buy vintage, you know. Um, there are people who only wear vintage pretty much. Actually, the vintage, the vintage um, industry is also suffering because of all these fast fashion. I yeah. mean, in the past when you go to a vintage store you would be able to find like real gems in it yeah. and now you're finding like yeah, you blog know, shop brands I went to a thrift store and then I bought this like and then I bought this dress and I realised it was Shein and I felt so bad <laughs> I was like oh no like, yeah yeah but and like vintage the reason why vintage as an industry works is because in the past, clothes were made to measure. Clothes yeah. were made with very good fabrics. Clothes and were made killer, to last. Yeah. You know, so that's why they can last this long years, 20, 30, 40 years later. There's still clothes that you can wear or bags that you can use. But like, if you're a fast fashion brand, yeah. three washes yeah. and pretty much it's gone. Like, it's just not the same anymore. Yeah. So yeah, it is... It is um, I mean, I guess this ties into, uh, you know, that whole discussion ties into our last point as well. Because as much as there have been celebrities who have not shown as a good example for, you know, fighting climate change, for being eco-conscious. There are also celebrities who, you know, advocate for veganism, veganism like Joaquin Phoenix, for example. So there are celebrities like, um, they're also like, I mean, okay, she's a celebrity. Greta Thunberg is technically a celebrity. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She's, she has a huge influencing power. So, yeah. yeah, and she takes the... I remember... I, she didn't take the plane, right? She took the... Oh, yeah, she took a boat. She a took sailboat. a boat. A sailboat or like something. Like a solar-powered boat. Yeah, or something to, to travel, right? She doesn't fly. So, like, there are people who do use their fame for good, la, but I guess I wanted to ask, what... How do you feel that celebrities are really, truly ever useful to this to the fight against, fight against climate change. Because things like veganism, for example, it is a very difficult choice to make. Even if like you see someone you really admire and idolize make that choice, it's very hard to say, I'm going to go vegan because my idol said so. Like, so like, I how... Think, yeah, I think for me, I do feel that celebrities do play a role in helping to promote environmental conservation or in, even awareness in general just because of the sheer power of their influence. The fact that so many eyes are on them, mm. um, they are watching what they do, what they eat, anything that they do or promote could have an influence on their fans and all that. And I think that is important in helping to translate individual and individual action into systemic change needed to tackling climate change. I mean, yes, individual action, whether or not 
um, she takes that one 17 minute plane ride or whether we take one less plastic bag or not use a plastic straw all of it sounds very like small small and insignificant and like how can any of this affect things but imagine if every one of us are part of a collective and if every one of us show changes over time that could actually lead to policy change I mean just look at the situation in Singapore now right I mean 10 years ago when I first started out in environmental reporting I was just known as the cat and dog reporter (laughs) because I only report on animals and, and the environment but over the past decade look at how much things have changed um just just greater societal awareness and all that and now people are being more conscious of environmental policies Mm. climate change it's actually a policy like i remember like 10 years ago we wouldn't talk about it in terms of policy but now like you know lee sien long is saying like to better climate change we are doing this 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 national day rally one of the most important speeches of the year who would have thought that climate change would actually factor in Mm. yeah and i mean that is just one one aspect of it i mean globally also we are seeing such a huge renaissance in in sustainability, in the need for us to to take action. And I mean, the, even in, in the climate change, global climate change platform, there has always been this discussion. People are saying, activists are saying, you know, you shouldn't, companies shouldn't put the onus on individuals. Mm. Don't, don't let me, don't let me feel guilty for taking a plastic bag or a straw. But I think when it comes to tackling climate change, we need both individual action and systemic change. And individual action, if more of us do it, will actually lead to the change uh, needed to see in society like even for myself uh one one thing that really struck me over the course of my reporting is one day i realized that my dad has been bringing tinkats tinkat containers to go and tap out his food oh that's nice and it's my dad right he's like the boomer generation environmental mm-hmm. issues were never part of his consideration and when i was a young reporter he told me to please stop reporting the environment and go and do other things mm-hmm. but then now he has been, been taking a Tinkat to go and tap out his food. And he was telling me, uh, you know, he was very appalled at seeing all, how much plastic was used. This was during COVID when you, you know couldn't dine mm. in. So that that the encounter has really stuck with me because it always made me think like if just just me, just me one person could influence my boomer dad to actually think that what more can a celebrity do with so much mm. more influence, with so much more money, with so mm. much more like clout, you know? Mm. Yeah, how much more can they do? Influence yeah. companies as well. Yes. Maybe they say, I will work with you if you yes, exactly. implement these things. Yeah, it is possible. Yeah. Uh, even though a lot of them don't always utilize it for good. But yeah, I guess, um, you know, like I think over the course of our conversation, this is something I hear a lot. It's like there is no ethical consumption left in the world. Like there is no way to consume and buy things ethically because nothing is really made ethically and everything you consume is technically like really bad for the environment and unless like you really go back to like the most basic lifestyle without phone or anything right Mm. but i mean i guess even even in my talks with like other people even when there's no ethical consumption, there is a way to reduce the harm nah, that you do to the environment. Yeah, I do think there is ethical consumption, especially now that um, companies have responded to this growing demand for more sustainable products on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, for fashion, it would be, I don't know, made to measure clothing. You pay a bit more, but it's like... Oh, you make your own clothes, oh? 
Okay, yeah, you but can. for me, I can't, right? I can't. I think I failed home economics when I was in secondary school, but <laughs> I can't even sew in a straight line. So, I mean, not every one of us are very good with our hands, but there, there are business models like you can rent, rent, rent clothing or mm. you can have your clothing made to measure. I think there has been a bit more of uh, like people bespoke, are promoting yeah. this, yeah, bespoke kind of thing. Uh, that's one and I mean ultimately the first of the three R's is to reduce right reusing mm. and recycling it comes later so mm. reducing our demand or when it comes to food now there are I mean agriculture is also not without environmental harm mm. right um, rearing cows meats, yeah rearing yeah. cows actually is very beef is actually very carbon intensive because not only you have to clear forests in Brazil to rear cattle shipping and then the cows themselves produce a lot of methane which is another kind of greenhouse gas but there are alternatives in the market now plant-based meats are now becoming more tasty and on top of that now you have cell culture meats mm. right which are growing in popularity cell culture meats are meats right yeah they are meats so they are meats without slaughter you just take like if I want to make cell cultured chicken the company will go and take uh, chicken cells from a live chicken and then multiply those chicken cells in a laboratory or in a bioreactor setting. Mm. Yeah. So it started this technology started out in a lab, but of course like all food I all, like all food manufacturing, once it reaches a certain stage, it will be moved to a normal food production levels. Mm. Yeah. So I mean it's difficult to be a consumer, yeah, I really feel you and sometimes seeing the amount of waste we produce is really quite alarming. But I think we can take steps like maybe eating one less meat dish a week is not gonna really affect our well-being, right? Mm. Or not just ordering enough. You mm. know, for Chinese, sometimes we like to order, order a lot, lot yeah. and then throw away. And while, while preparing for this podcast and you're asking me about, you know, celebrities and their 17-minute jets, I mean, it also made me think about, like, you know, car ownership. I mean, things at a much smaller scale. Mm. But it really makes us think, it really made me think more about my own actions. Um, who am I to judge someone else? But I think in the grand scheme of things, as long as we are all conscious and we can start taking steps to, to reducing it first. Uh, but the first step is knowing that what you're doing have an impact. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. Your actions have an impact. Yeah. yeah, so this is our very deep <laughs> episode of Pop Vouchers <laughs> times Queen Pals. Because usually Pop Vouchers is just like men, bad, famous men cheating on their wives. Like, you know, it's not like this that This is one. famous people cheating on the environment. Yeah, so. famous people cheating on the environment. Okay, hope you guys enjoyed this. And thank you to the listener who wrote in uh, suggesting this episode to us and um, if you have any more ideas on what we should talk about you can write in to me at janly at sph.com.sg you can write into the podcast team at podcast at sph.com.sg or you can slide into my DMs at Janly Rise Audrey do you want to plug <laughs> Green Pals? Sure um, please tune in to Green Pals you can find us on all the same audio apps as you can find Pop Vultures at and uh, you can also slide into my DMs on Instagram <laughs> at audrey.trp. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A W E D I O.